This is a LifeGate Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we encourage you to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers. If you want to find out more about who we are, visit lifegate.org.au. Good morning, LifeGate. Great to be sharing with you this morning. I have what I believe is going to be a great encouragement for each of us today in how we can add value to the lives of others. Whether you're still figuring out this faith thing or whether you've been a Christian for 55 years, really believe that God has a great encouragement for you and your life today. So I I don't know if you remember, but in 2006, an Australian uh, comedy show came about called Thank God You're Here. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, for me, it was uh, one of my favorite shows. And so each episode uh, had a number of contestants. And um, what would happen is the contestant would be dressed up in some outfit, say a captain outfit, and they'd walk through a door into an unknown circumstance. So if I'm a captain, I open the door and I walk in and it's the set of the Titanic and they just tell me that we've hit an iceberg. And so I and the other actors have to try and improvise and adapt and work together unscripted uh, to try and see the story through. And um, I, I remember that uh, I used to laugh and talk about it with my friends at school and we'd reenact these different versions of the show together. You see, that main person walking into the scene, it was their responsibility to bring life to that scene. Without it, it was just a bunch of people standing around like this. But as soon as they walk in, they respond, thank God you're here, and the scene starts. You see, through improvising and adapting, that main performer brought value to that performance. Now, the show used the phrase, thank God you're here in a joking, mocking way, but we actually want to live our lives in a way that people can't help but respond, thank goodness, I am so grateful to God that you are here. And so I wonder if we're the sort of people that live our lives adding value to the lives of others. I think that's definitely a desire that we have, whether it be in our family, in our marriage, in our relationship with friends, um, in our workplace. I think we desire to live a life that adds values to others wherever we go rather than subtract or take value from people. So what I want you to reflect on as we start off this morning is this. Where are you adding value to someone? Take 30 seconds to pause and think about this question. Now, you may have reflected on two things. You may have noticed areas where you feel like you do add value to others, or you may have noticed areas where you feel like you could be. And so this morning, I want us to unpack four ways that we can intentionally add value to others. So as we start, let's pray and let's invite God to speak to us through his word. Father, as we read your word this morning, we pray 
that you would give us insight and clarity into how we can add value to others. We pray that through this, we would become the people you want us to be. Amen. So this morning, we're going to explore John 11. You can follow along with your Bible, or if you're watching online, you can hit the Bible tab in the chat box and follow along. So Jesus has some friends named Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And Jesus hears in John 11 that Lazarus is very sick. Now, Jesus knows that Lazarus will not die. So he waits two days and then he takes his disciples to Judea where Lazarus was um, and him and his followers arrive and he's greeted by the news that Lazarus is dead. Now, once again, Jesus knows that Lazarus is not going to stay dead. So that's the scene, that's the story that we find ourselves exploring today. So now let's start by taking a look at our first point this morning, which is this. The first way we can add value to others is by truly valuing others. And Jesus, wherever he goes, when he teaches, when he interacts with people, he truly values them. And so in this story, how does Jesus show us to truly value others? Well, this is what it says in John 11, verse 5. It says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And then in verse 35, it says, Jesus wept. You see, whenever we see Jesus interacting with someone to teach them, to heal them, to encourage them, he has love for them. He truly values them regardless of how society views them. You see, friends, it's the same for us as people. We don't go out of our way to add value for those that we don't care about or like. If you're working at a workplace or an employer and you don't really enjoy it, you don't really enjoy the people you work with, you're not going to go out of your way to add value to it you're going to do the bare minimum of what's required. And it's the same with our families, whether it's our kids or our spouses. If they want us to do something, we're not going to do things that add value to them and come at a cost to us unless we we value them and we love them. You see, I used to work as an outdoor adventure guide and one of my... uh, things I would do is I would take people on these experiences, whether it's abseiling or rock climbing or bushwalking. And part of my role was to help others by encouraging them to grow their comfort zone. You see, doing these experiences, even when they were afraid. And my boss, he told me a story of when he was a little boy and he went abseiling that uh, the person got fed up with him and just pushed him off attached to the rope. And it really traumatized him and scared him and he was afraid to abseil for quite a while. So over the course of a few days, I would build rapport with them so that they could trust me to help them grow in a way that they felt comfortable. You see, this was where they were. This is the danger zone where 
it's, it's too much and it traumatizes them. And so it was working with them and valuing them to try and find that little comfort zone that they could grow. So it's still stretching themselves, but not more than they can handle. You see, if I just pushed people off without caring how they felt, they would get traumatized. But by listening and valuing them and encouraging them, I was able to take people on transformative experiences that they still value to this day. And Jesus here and throughout Scripture added value to others by truly valuing them. So friends, we can start to be more intentional in adding value to people by truly valuing them. The second area I want to look at is value yourself. So what do I mean by that? You see, we have to see ourselves as being people that have something of value to offer others. Otherwise, when we walk into a situation where someone's struggling, someone needs help, if we don't see that we have anything to offer, we're not going to be able to add value to those people or those situations. So how does Jesus here in this story show us how to value ourselves? In John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, this is what it says. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they will die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Now, Jesus here is absolutely confident in who he is and the role that God has given him to play. He doesn't rock up to the scene um, going, oh, no, oh, man, I've messed up. I should have been there. I'm a failure. I'm a terrible friend. You see, he's able to add value in this situation because he knows exactly who he is and the role that God has given him to play. And he sees and values himself exactly how God does. You see, sometimes we're unable to add value to others because we don't value ourselves or the ways in which we can add value. You see, friends, it's like an oxygen mask on a plane. You remember that safety video briefing? Please put the mask on yourself before helping others. It's the same thing, friends. If we don't value ourselves, we're going to be useless and unable to help or value others. You see, for myself, I used to be super critical. I never felt that I was good at anything. I felt very much a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. But when I chose to value myself and the ways in which God had made me, I was suddenly better able to add value to others. You see, Jesus here in this story, he values himself in a humble way. You see, friends, humility just simply means seeing ourselves the way that God does, no more and no less. So for myself, right, I believe that God has given me a gift to communicate to people and encourage them. And so I don't see myself as more. I don't go walking around going, I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm the greatest communicator in the world because I know that there are people that are better than me. But I also don't walk around going, oh, man, I'm I'm terrible. 
Um, I, I shouldn't do this anymore. Or if people try and encourage me and they say, hey, really great message this morning. I was so encouraged by that. I, I say thank you and I receive that. I don't go, uh, it was all God's work because me and God partnered together on the message and he inspired and he gave me his spirit as I read. Um, but I also needed to put in some work and I know that God has given me a gift as a communicator. And so it's seeing myself not as less, not as more, but exactly how God sees me. So you see, friends, we can start by being more intentional and adding value to others' lives by valuing others and valuing ourselves. The third area I want to look at today is know and relate to people first. You see, before we help someone, we got to understand what their need is. We can't just rock up and be like, I am your saviour, I know exactly what you need. So how does Jesus here in this story help us to do that? Well, this is what John chapter 11, verse 32 and 33 says. It says, When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Now, Jesus didn't just respond, woman, stop your crying. I'm going to bring him back to life. Just be patient. He didn't respond like that. He took the time to listen to Mary, to understand what she was feeling and relate to it. He shared her emotions because later it says Jesus wept. Why did Jesus need to weep if he knew that Lazarus was coming back to life? Because he knew and loved and valued both Lazarus and Mary, and he valued what Mary was feeling. You see, sometimes I know for myself I can act wanting to be understood without first taking the time to understand others. And you see, when I take the time to first understand and value others, not only do I feel valued and understood, but the other person does too. Because it does no one any good for me to walk around being understood if no one else is understood. Because guess what, friends? After a while, I'm not going to have very many relationships left. And so I wonder if you respond in a similar way to me. When you see that person at work who's being frustrating or lazy or not doing their job properly, do you start first by trying to listen and understand them? When your spouse or your partner is nagging you, do you respond with your reason and your excuse? Or do you start first by trying to listen and understand what they're feeling and why? When your friend isn't being a very good friend to you, do you get frustrated and angry or do you start by understanding what's happening for them? Because friends, I think a lot of our relational issues would be simplified if we first took the time to understand people of what they're feeling, of why they're feeling that, of why they're doing things that way. If we first understood people, 
and then allowed ourselves to be understood, I think it would solve a lot of relational problems. You see, Jesus here is modelling a way to add value to others. By knowing and relating to Mary first, he first wanted to value and understand her before being understood himself. So friends, we can start by being more intentional in adding value to others by valuing others and ourselves and knowing and relating to people first. The last point, point four, is this. Do the things that God values. You see, see, Jesus here, he chooses to do the things that God values. He goes to the people God values. He goes to the places that God values. He does the things that God values. See, how does Jesus here in that story show us how to do that? Well, this is what it says in John chapter 11, verse 7 to 8 and 11. It says this, And then he said to his disciples, Let us go back to Judea. But rabbi, which means teacher, they said, A short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going to wake him up. You see, in this story, Jesus did not let the fear of death stop him from doing the things that God valued. God wanted Lazarus to be raised from the dead, and so Jesus went and he did it. Now, I think this is the hardest one because sometimes the things that God values isn't exactly the things that we value. In an ideal world, it should be. But in reality, it's really, really hard. You see, when I was younger, someone treated me very poorly in a way that I thought was unforgivable. And no, they didn't just forget to pay me back $20. They wronged me and for a long time, I did not want to forgive them. I didn't. But eventually I talked and prayed with God and wrestled through it and eventually I realised that God valued forgiveness. Not acceptance, not forgetting what that person did, but God wanted me to forgive them so that I could be freed from the anger and the bitterness that I felt towards that person. And so... Um, eventually, after wrestling this through with God for a while, I was able to forgive them. You see, friends, doing the things that God values comes at a cost sometimes. It's not always the things that are in your 10-year goals. And guess what? If you're like me, forgiveness is not on my 10-year goal list. And so Jesus here did something that could have been costly not only for him, but for his disciples. Why? Because God valued it. And I wonder, friends, what thing does God value that you need to do? What thing does God value that you need to do? You see, friends, we can be more intentional in adding value to other people by truly valuing others and ourselves 
by knowing and relating to people first and doing the things that God wants us to do. So friends, these are the four ways that we can add value to others. Truly value others, as we talked about, valuing them as a person, loving them. Valuing ourselves, not seeing ourselves as lesser or more than we are, but exactly the way God sees us and knowing that we can add value to other people. The third is knowing and relating to others. So first seeking to understand others and what they're feeling and why before we first seek to be understood. And the fourth is doing the things that God values, doing the things that God values, even if it comes at a cost to us. And when Jesus did all four of these things, people couldn't help but respond in a way not too dissimilar to, thank God, Jesus, you're here. And I wonder, are you currently living your life in a way that people are responding in a way that says, thank God, you're here. I'm so glad that you're here. So from these four things, I want you to take some time to reflect and answer this question. What do you need to do? As you've heard today, as you've reflected on these four things, what do you need to do? So take 30 seconds right now to think about that question. What do you need to do? Now, friends, imagine Imagine what could happen to your friendships, to your family, to your marriage, to your view of yourself and others, to your workplace, if you chose to be more intentional in adding value to others. Imagine what our community could look like people that are constantly adding value to other people. How great would that be? Now, you see, we can choose to do these first three things without God. We can value others. We can value ourselves. We can know and relate to others and understand them. But we can't do the things that God values without God. And so, friends, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus and to give your life to God, I want to give you that opportunity right now. And so if that's you, I encourage you to pray this prayer after me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died and rose again. God, I'm sorry for when I've chosen to live my own way. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. So friends, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you because you've just made an exciting decision to become a Christian. And because we want to value you, we want to support you on that journey, we'd love for you to click the prayer button and to let someone know or you can head to our website and click start here because we want to help you friends we want to encourage you as you pursue God in your life 
And so I'd like to pray for all of us to finish up that God can help us to be the people that wherever we go, people respond, thank God you're here. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that your desire is for us to live a life that adds value to others. We pray that you would help us to live out these four areas and live our life in a way that people can't help but respond, thank God you're here. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I hope that you leave feeling encouraged and I hope that you have a great day. See you soon. Thanks for joining us on the LifeGate Church Podcast. Our church is a place to discover the freedom and purpose that Jesus offers.